Hey guys, it's Dan here, and I just want to let you guys know that we have a brand new Patreon for any one of you guys to support us in any way you can. We have tiers that $1, $5, $10, $20 level. And honestly, we all love doing what we do. We promise to never make our podcast hide behind a paywall. But if you want to get your podcast ad-free, so basically you want to not hear this before every show, go ahead and go on to patreon.com slash ngpproductions and see if there's a tier that you like. And yes, there's Discord benefits. So please check it out. Hello, listener. It's New Game Plus, your pixel-perfect podcast for all things gaming. I'm your host, Dan. And your co-host, Antonio. And I hope you enjoyed our talk with Dan last week because it's finally time. Uh, Antonio's finally finished the game, so we are going to do a Yakuza Like a Dragon spoiler cast. Yes, and uh, as it's in the title, of course... Spoilers. We're going. We're going full force on that. Nothing is going to be left off the table. Mm-mm. So, <laughs> I hope you had enough time to kind of like gather your thoughts. But why don't you kick this off, Antonio? Like, give us like start us off. What do you want to talk about first? Best Yakuza game in the series, hands down. You know what? I will say that same thing too. Um, don't get and don't get us wrong. We absolutely love the games. Uh, they really, really love the series and. Those, the original six, technically seven games in the series, all had their place in history. But this is by far, this this change of pace for Sega to turn it into an RPG, turn-based RPG, probably the shot in the arm the franchise needed. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like, I I really do. And if it wasn't for Kiryu, I wouldn't have gotten into the Yakuza franchise as a whole. But there's something about Ichiban's character, Ichiban's story, the the different people, the different cast that you meet during the story that just pulled me in more and just had me excited to keep on playing, uh, you know. And and on that same topic, the content that was actually within the game that you could do has uh, I've played so much to the point where I've literally i'm i've 100% of the game except for like the dlc dungeon there's a dlc dungeon there's a there's a well technically it's it was originally part of the dlc dungeon the the true oh. final dungeon um it came it came with the uh with our copies because Sega's cool like that yeah so i think actually that's a good starter spot off let's talk about how how Ichiban is different from Kiryu and what we love about his arc throughout this entire game. Mm-hmm. So Ichiban is kind of, if it wasn't implied already, we're going to say right now is the, almost the exact opposite of Kiryu. And I mean, not just talking about like physical characteristics. Cause you know, well, Kiryu wears a red shirt with an, a white over jacket. Ichiban's the other way around with the, the red over jacket and the white shirt. 
but in terms of character personality, whereas Kiryu is a lot more like stoic and I would say reactionary. He is he's a more reactive person. Ichiban is a lot more hot-blooded and proactive. He'll dive into danger headfirst and ask questions later. Oh yeah, he'll never think things through. Yeah, he's a big dumb. <laughs> there's there's definitely some point in the story where I'm just like, oh my god, Ichiban, you fucking idiot. I love but you. But it, it serves to, especially for this story, it serves him well because it's that passion, that ability to like make people follow you because of how over the top you are. That serves Ichiban the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, and, look at look at those the friendships he forms over the course of the story. Yeah, from from homeless people like Nanba to a to a, a fire detective like Adachi. All the way to like a hostess like Sayako or even hardened gangsters and hitmen mm-hmm. to, to become friends with all of them and have them all join together as just one cavalcade of misfits is yep. very heartwarming. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, like, and despite, you know, he, he obviously Ichiban has the physical ability to be the badass, but he is so passionate, so compassionate. Like, even in the course of the story, the people who betray him, he'll still find, like, a way to, like, still care about him. And, God, the, the, the ending scene with him and, and the young master. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That, that entire ending scene. I could rant about that ending scene so much. Um, obviously, I played it in Japanese. You played it in English. Uh, but... I could tell during those last moments in the Millennium Tower and then outside the coin lockers afterwards, the damn, like, like just the raw emotion that came out of the speeches of just like yelling to the young master of like, you don't get it. You don't understand how much I care for you. Like that hit me in the gut. Yeah, like it, that pretty much, that entire sequence kind of sums up Ichiban's character, don't you think? In he's a man that that took the fall for a murder for uh, for one of his his family compatriots and was in jail for twenty years. Very much paralleling Kiryu's story of taking mm-hmm. the fall for you know for Nishiki and going for ten years. And yet, even though the beginning of that is the same, the ending of each of these character arcs was so vastly different. If we're comparing, you know, Kiwami one or one to, you know, like a dragon. And that's, that's kind of what I was afraid of in the beginning was that like a dragon was just going to be a retread. A, yeah, a, a somewhat retread of like, you know, Oh, well we, we know the general story beats of what makes the, a good beginning of a Yakuza story. So we're going to, kind of keep to that maybe as like a shout out to the old fans or maybe as a you know just a a, a, we've done this before so we'll just take the safe route but they didn't you know and every time i was like okay i think i know what's going on here because i've played my other yakuza games i i understand what they're trying to set up here comes the thing and it never paid off the way i expected it to because they had something different planned something Mm -hmm. like from from basic things like, 
oh yeah, Zhao. Zhao is just is obvious. They're obviously setting Zhao up to be like your your new like discount Majima. Uh, I will gladly stand by that statement or uh, and say that I was wrong. Uh, I was absolutely wrong, and Zhao is one of my favorite fucking characters in the game. But and, and from from and going to scenes of having dramatic tension. And where in like any other Yakuza game, you'd expect somebody to get shot right then and there, like during those long pauses, mm-hmm. there was nothing. And so it felt, it, it was always like, I felt like he was building me up for something, but then being like, no, 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 not yet. Not yet. No. You oh, think. Yeah, you're, you're just left with the impact of the emotion that was just right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to some of this. Let's move on to the other characters. Like, let's talk about Ichiban's party. So, uh, absol- my absolute favorite character, probably at the party, has to be. I- I- my favorite's got to be Jungi. Jungi Han? Yeah. yeah Jungi Han is probably he's, my he's favorite. He's pretty good. I um, love my, my, my K pop boy. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I have to go with Namba. Okay. So, let's, let, let's break down each character, like you know, character by character. Let's, let's start with Namba. So, he had a really interesting arc where he betrays the group in a way that he really didn't have to if he just did the thing that always bothers me in a lot of animes where he just talked mm-hmm. to that say was, what's going on was, in your mind that was my one gripe although it's not it wasn't just with him it, it wasn't just with him because the the same fault falls onto Songhui and Jungi, where they could have just been like because all he wanted to know was where was his brother is his brother alive did they kill him blah 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 all they had to do the answer that you get is like, oh yeah, no, he's safely with us. He's in like the underground housing area. He's even gonna be happy. He's gonna be. He's gonna be married. He's he's doing great. All they had to say was, yeah, no, he's cool. He's down here. Don't mm-hmm. worry, we're taking care of him. He got a little mm-hmm. close to our operation, but mm-hmm. he's safe. Maybe mm-hmm. been like, hey, you know, we can you can see him, confirm for yourself, and then we gotta take you, you know, away or whatever. But no. They they dang they they couldn't spit it out and so, you know, Namba from the very beginning had planned to use us as a means to an end to get to his brother, and then after the betrayal happens and you have to fight him and I was praying to God we wouldn't actually have to fight him, but I took then, a little bit of action from like being his ass just a little bit just for the whole like let me see you grit your teeth and then we can move on from this. <laughs> fair, I, I I feel like that was the moment of like solid friendship of between Nanba and Ichiban. And if anything, that was a defining moment for how Ichiban sees his friends as true yes. friends. You know, yes. Nanba at that point saw Ichiban as just the means to an end, as somebody that could be used because of his situation. Whereas Ichiban was like, no, it doesn't matter what you were using me for. You saved my life. And because of that, you're you're a real one, whether you know it or not. And I'm ride or die with you, buddy. Yeah. And, and it, you, could get, you could get hints of that. You could get hints of that during, you know, after he got shot by Atakawa, you know, because he still wants, you know, to ask, to ask questions or whatnot. But you don't get that very direct, like, like you said, I'm, I'm ride or die with you, whether mm-hmm. you whether you know it or not. Do I think he came back a little bit too easily? A little bit. I wanted a little bit of like, dude, don't do this again. Things like that. But that it's 
it's I don't know, man. That that scene. That that scene where he walked in into the into the top room of the Chinese restaurant with those boots coming in. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And but it was me. also the scene afterwards that like, okay, they do also forgive him also. There's no one there's no underlying resentment. Yeah. So I, if they don't have resentment, I shouldn't have resentment then. Mm-hmm. Because that's uh, just how that's how th- those particular characters are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adachi, fun, fun introduction character for like this beginning of the story. Yeah, I I loved that he helped set the world. He's he's very much the straight man to like to Ichiban's reactions and whatnot, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. the, the scene that for me. Uh, that set it all up was when Ichiban goes to get a punch perm and tries to get his old hairstyle. And yeah. then he gets his signature like frizzy Bro. hair and just Adachi's just losing his shit. Like, Oh my fucking God. Mm-hmm. What I do love about Adachi though, is in terms of care, you know, story-wise that he had such a big, like backstory with a big part of the whole um, conflict, but it didn't really come into play until the very end. Yeah, it was one of those I was actually expecting for uh the police commissioner that is constantly mentioned about through, throughout the story since the very beginning of like oh yeah this was part of the Kamurocho 3K plan and this this so and so commissioner really benefited from it and blah blah blah. I was expecting him to be a boss. And for them Same. to to not do that and literally just wrap up that entire plot thread post credits was an interesting choice. I'm, I'm actually, I don't want to say good or bad. It was, I'm just happy that it got closed. I would, I would have been surprised if they made that plot thread, the lingering thread for like the next game. Me personally, I am glad that it's closed. Because mm-hmm. it gives us a chance to go into something completely new. And there's, and don't get me wrong, we're going we're gonna to get to it. There are threads they could pick up from this game. There's one big underlying thread mm-hmm. that we want to mention. But, um, so yeah, uh, let's move on to Psycho. And I want to say this out of the bat. I do feel like aside from the initial, her initial like reveal, not a lot happens with her. Yeah. She's, she's there mainly because of the, the situation that happens with the, uh, with, with the soap land owner. Mm-hmm. But other than that, she's, she is kind of just there. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I hate this. I hate to use the word token. But it does feel like does feel like she was kind of like the token girl character, mm-hmm. because aside I mean, from her involvement with you know, with saving your her father from the uh, retirement home, and then having she her motivation wanting to solve like the soapland owner's murder, after the initial uh, uh, incident at the warehouse, not, she's not that much involved actually. <laughs> yeah, but I I think at that point the plot. It 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 establishes that she's now in this as part of the group because there's mm-hmm. that whole scene afterwards where the the gang essentially invites her to drink with them and it's like yeah we we've solved your problems and you know I know you're fine but look you still want to hang out because you're you're a good member of the team and you know you're one of us. And I I really like that they they didn't shy away from having you know a girl on the front lines, and you know the the combat classes and the combat abilities of the female characters 
are definitely very powerful and it shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. She was her interactions with the rest of the group was so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. You just wish that there was more of an, an end game kind of stake for her plot point with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next parody member, uh, Jungi. Jungi Hunt. Okay. Okay. I will say this. I am kind of sad we didn't get Song Hui. I that would have been good too. I was hoping with all of my heart that we would have gotten Song Hui as a partner because that would have brought, that would have given us another female member. Uh, her character, she is my favorite female character in the, in the entire game. Hand oh. down. She's, she's fierce. She's got that fucking awesome purple hair. Oh, God. So good. Uh, but, you know, I will take the pretty, the pretty K-pop boy. And, and mm-hmm. this one actually took me by surprise because it, it took me a little while after the, the introduction of Jungi for it to finally hit me of like, wait a minute. This guy was in Yakuza 6. Wait, what the fuck? He died. <laughs> like, we, like, we, oh, we no, saw him. Yeah, we, we, we saw him take a bullet to the head. And then, like, you know, they, they very easily explain it. it. It's a very quick thing of, like, it, it's very soon after he becomes a party member that he kind of hints at, like, yeah, oh, yeah, no. Uh, I, I was the leader of this Korean mafia back in the day, but, you know, they also used body doubles. And it's like, I'm like, okay, I know what's going on here. I think I know. And turns out, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jungi Han is actually I forgot I forgot his actual name. It's like something Kim, but it was literally just some some Korean dude who whose father wanted like more clout or something in the Korean mafia, and so pretty much offered up his son. Is like here I can I can give my son as a body double, and uh, I I think Jungi Han's story is like one of my favorite like. Uh, backstories for you to explore because uh, mm-hmm. i know we haven't touched on this but every character has an individual backstory that ichiban can learn about by having drinks with them and you know it's mm-hmm. essentially it's yakuza's social linking system yeah exactly it, it, it is exactly the social link system mm-hmm. and it's and her his was probably like the most like compelling well there's there's a competing one and we'll get to his yeah but his was definitely compelling when he got the his you know backstory of like being a body double and then Dealing with the fact that people want him dead for that, uh, but yeah. at the same time, like he, he this, all he wants to do is make this sure mix of he knows he's not the real person. He knows he's a body double, but he also knows he needs to carry on the legacy of the person he was the body double for. And so, in the end, he decides to continue to embrace his, you know, his mask essentially, mm-hmm. and it's. It's it's really interesting uh, uh, how it comes how all of that wraps up. And again, he was the great like mysterious like helper beginning the game. The moment he became a party member, it does feel like he just became a party member. It's, it's the psycho problem all over again. Unfortunately, yeah. You you solved you you solved the Korean mafia problem. You know, mm-hmm. and the the at, at that point, Jungi after Jungi becomes a party member, all of the heavy lifting plot wise essentially goes to Song Hui. Because she's the one that's doing all the information gathering and everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
it, somebody have had to do it. If I bet if Sung Hui was a party member, it would have been the other way around. Yeah, it would have probably been the other way around. Um, and last but not certainly not. Well, technically, there's two more. Party I was gonna members. say no, 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 no. Last for the male characters. Last for the male characters, we have our boy Zhao, which you so unfairly prescribed. <laughs> prescribed I I feel so fucking bad. When I when he first got introduced, because like he's all like laughing and joking, and like he's like kind of he he has that kind of unhinged aura to him because he's like you know swinging his weapon around like oh yeah no I'll kill this guy I'll do it give me a reason I'll fucking shoot him right now I'm just like it's Majima it's Majima with the gun and a Chinese sword I get it I get it it's, it's and then, Majima. oh god I felt so bad afterwards yeah. after he actually joined our party because I'm like oh you're not. As, no. like, as as you go through his story and like the even even just like the different like party talks that you can talk with like he's he's also a gamer he's also a nerd mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like uh but but stepping on back really quick to his particular social link story uh I, this my one was one. my favorite yeah absolutely my favorite uh, not just because it was like the most cinematically pleasing but it's the like it's the only story that wraps up a plot point within the world itself because in the middle of the main story you the uh, as we talked before the the owner of the soapland uh Nonomiya gets killed and it makes it look like a hanging and the the culprit is this uh second in command of the Chinese mafia uh, Mabuchi which yep. after you beat him he kind of just scurries off and you know you don't hear anything usually he's gone but finishing zhao's story has mabuchi come back and wrap that entire plot thread up in a very satisfying way yeah it is also and and exposes a lot about zhao's character where he like he prefers to be this laid back like aloof guy but he can be this like really intimidating badass when he but he doesn't he doesn't like to be that it 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 does feel in a way I I will give I will give Zhao this in regards to Majima he feels like a foil to Majima's like inner outer mindset mm. whereas like if you saw uh, Majima in Yakuza like Zero and Yaku- like specifically Yakuza Zero he's that calm mannered graceful man on the outside but inside he's just this hard gangster that wants to get back into the, the Yakuza whereas with Zhao, when you first meet him, you think that he's, you know, this crazy gangster, this leader of the of the Chinese Liu Meng and everything. And he's just like this fierce, this fierce man. But after he becomes a party member, he's just like, yeah, no, like, I really didn't, like, care much for leading. Kind of want to relax, you know, and help out my, my countrymen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was... Overall, he also, he's probably also my, my second favorite like party member of the group. Unfortunately, again, I'm gonna, it's just going to be a recurring theme. Once this like, story is wrapped up, stakes in the end game kind of non-existent. I, but I kind of, as I thought about now, their whole stake is making sure Ichiban succeeds. So I guess it kind of works out in that way. Yeah. And, you know, to to their credit, not every character has to have, you know, this end game stake in in mm-hmm. the plot, you know. Mm-hmm. Although I will say when you when when I've seen a lot of like promotional material 
and like even like post game promotional material stuff. It's always seemed like the main party is the first four of Ichiban, yeah. Adachi, uh, Nanba, and Psycho. Mm-hmm. And it like in marketing wise and everything. And I, I can understand, I can kind of understand why they don't include Zhao and Jungi uh, and, our, and our final character in the materials. But it's also mainly because spoilers, right? Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. It, it feels like like they could they deserve more spotlight. I feel. Mm-hmm. And last and certainly not least, the our maiden from the minigame multiverse. We have Aerie. I I love her. <laughs> yeah, I lo- I like her more than Cycle. Honestly, <laughs> I can see that. Um, fun fun fact about uh, not just Eddie, but all of the all of the romance options. All all six romance girls. Oh well, no, except for Psycho. Uh, all five of the romance girls, except for Psycho, uh, were actually finalists on like this this marketing contest that Sega had to be huh. included in the game. So oh. for the Japanese version, uh, at least the characters were both modeled after and voiced by those winners. Okay, so. It's, it's- Kind of like similar to the host girls back in the previous games. Yeah, and like Eddie, Eddie is actually voiced by a woman named Eddie, and like it's, <laughs> it was really cool. Uh, you notice that guy, we haven't really talked about much of her plot in the game because, like I mentioned earlier, she's a maiden from the mul- minigame multiverse. Yeah, and and by that I mean she exists in the marketing minigame plot and. Literally does not exist anywhere else. No cutscenes, no like additional bonus. Like, here's we'll just slap her model in in the game in the cutscenes because she's there because mm-hmm. she's she's which, an optional character, which also would raise some questions because that scene where you know the four the original four get caught by Mabuchi and they're hanging in the chains and thing like, so where's Ari? <laughs> yeah. Like, because you can, you can very much. And this is exactly what I did. I unlocked the marketing mini game, yep. and I like that was on a Tuesday after after one of my streams. And I spent that entire week up until next Monday, just doing the marketing mini game, and I destroyed Same. it. Same. And she became a party member even before that. <laughs> before that, cha- uh, that chapter. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, okay. And okay. like to be fair, I I absolutely if 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 I could give any advice to people playing this game, when you unlock the marketing mini game, spend some time on it, please. You're going to need that three million yen that you get uh, later minutes, on. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll need that later on. And also, when Nanba leaves as a party member, uh, Eddie really fucking picks up the slack. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, she's a great character, and she's also gameplay wise probably the, one of the best party members you can get. Oh yeah, but because the, and because a lot of her growth is tied to her, uh, you completing the mini game. If you complete the mini game, like all the way to it to its end, you she gets a lot of really really good skills early on, mm-hmm. like. There's a, this skill that she has that she learns early called Shadow Stitch that carried me through the game. Shadow Stitch and, uh, and also Lucky Punch. Mm-hmm. 
but unfortunately, as a member of the minigame multiverse, not really a big uh, hand in the plot. Yeah. That's and, all we have to say about that. Which is funny because there's another character in the min, in the quote-unquote minigame multiverse that was exceedingly right important to... Ex- yeah, right at the end, like literally delivering that that final like panic button to uh to Aoki to like have him panic and go to the Millennium mm-hmm. Tower, like using his connections in that way, in addition to being the main provider of your funds during the marketing minigame, it shows that Sega wasn't averse to using characters in both options. Maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe it was just time crunch. Maybe they they wanted to have an option where if you happen to unlock Eddie as a party member, she would be included in some scenes, but maybe the, you know, it's time the frame that would have you. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, mm. yeah, that's our main cast. Let's talk about our favorite side, our, like, the other characters, the big side characters that are important. So, do you, do you want to kick it off with the boss? You mean, oh, you mean uh, uh, Arakawa? Yeah. Do, AKA, should we kick off with Arakawa? I, I think we need to because this Arakawa's story is such a compelling narrative, even if it's not like it's not always on the forefront, but it's constantly in the mind of Ichiban. And thus, every so often as he brings it up, it's like in the mind of the player. Mm-hmm. Um, also, big fucking kudos for getting uh, God, George freaking George friggin decay as as a voice actor for the english for english arakawa that was and i didn't recognize him at first he did a really good ass job changing his voice up Mm -hmm. it is it was so good and just amazing performances all around uh obviously since this is a spoiler cast we can we can talk about it but uh the fact that it's very heavily implied that ichiban is his biological son mm-hmm. really just made the scenes that happened before that reveal hurt all yeah. all the more like first of all like basically this is the relationship we don't really get to we hear about but don't get to really see with kiryu and kazuma mm. that's i think this is how the relationship it's supposed to be like the feeling is supposed to show have but now we actually get to see it it play out yeah that that devotion f- to from you know from yakuza to the patriarch mm-hmm. just that absolute devotion and loyalty that mm-hmm. ichiban completely embodies and that kiryu did embody too but like you said we didn't really get to see much of it mm-hmm. like like i said one of the also one of the most badass characters i've seen in a yakuza game and that's saying a lot in mm-hmm. a game full of fucking badasses this this man kicked open a door to like a yakuza stronghold. Came in, was like, "I see you're beating up this kid." Yeah, he says he's part of your family. Okay, cool. Just casually chops off his pinky in repentance and takes the kid. Not even blinking. Yep, a kid who actually wasn't part of his family. He just said yeah. his name. He's, they, he was just like, oh, "I know if I say this name, like it'll get me out of trouble." Little did Ichiban know that was the worst decision. <laughs> like, Araka sees this kid like, yeah, sure, I'll fucking adopt this brat. Yeah, what I did. Oh, my God. And then you yeah, get into his, a playmate. <laughs> exactly. And, and you get into his backstory, too, with, uh, you know, finding his, his 
at that at then quote unquote son in the coin locker mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just Which that, that one of the most breathtaking dramatic scenes in the game yeah just that absolute just despair and just what's the what's the what's the word like not not obsession but like that just that overwhelming desire to free his son from the locked coin locker that that uh rate like pinpoint focus yeah just that tunnel vision, just, tunnel vision. yeah that 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 parental tunnel vision of I will do anything to save my son. And he literally punches a, a locked coin locker open and then finds his son barely breathing and just rushes to the hospital. And, you know, that, that son happens to be uh, Masato Arakawa, who isn't actually his biological son. But uh, yeah, it wasn't his. That, it, was someone, oh. it, was, it was someone close to him, though. Yeah, like, like, can we can we just talk about that plot point for just a minute? Because Sawashiro, sure. I I did not expect any of that at all. Uh, like the the fact that you had so you have four people, right? You have mm-hmm. Sawashiro, the captain of the Arakawa family. You have Arakawa himself, the patriarch. You have Masato, who is the young master, and you have you know Ichiban, and. You know, originally you're like, okay, Masato is Arakawa's son, and then you have the captain, and then you have Ichiban. Turns out Sawashiro is Masato's actual father, and then again implied that uh, Arakawa is Ichiban's actual father. It turns out that both Ichiban and Masato were both placed in damn adjacent coin lockers. Not damn adjacent. They were adjacent like, lockers. One hundred and one hundred and one. One of them was locked. The other one wasn't, uh, for different reasons. And he just happened to pick the wrong one. What a fucking twist! God, like, and I know you know there have been some people that have been like, "Wow, that's such like a stretch. That's such a that's such an unbelievable scenario." And to that, I'm just like, "Oh yeah." And like a helicopter, a helicopter flying up to the Millennium Tower, pushing like like turning, turning a, a Yakuza captain into Swiss fucking cheese, only to have him come back in Yakuza like a dragon. Yeah, no, that that's that's absolutely believable. Yes, an assassin who kills like eighteen men with guns and then bother to check if any of them were actually bleeding because they were actually shooting rubber bullets at them. That's also hard. No, that's I, I can easily believe that. Yes. Yeah, you know, Yakuza Yakuza does take a little bit of the piss out of itself in terms of spectacle, but that's part of that's part of the fun is that it's so over the top that you just can't help but get like immersed in the absurdity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we obviously we absolutely adored uh, Masumi Arakawa's character. Um, the fact that he had ties to just about all the big names in previous games mm-hmm. was so cool. And bringing the and do you want to talk about like the returns from previous games? Oh my god, I I came into this story like. And halfway in, I'm I I was pretty convinced. I'm like, okay, I see what they're doing. This is Yakuza like a dragon. It's it. This is no longer Kiryu's story. They're gonna they're gonna maybe do like homages or callbacks to like the previous games and the previous characters. But like that's it. You know, 
they're 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 done with the past they're gonna move on and and it's it's time for a new saga and then chapter 12 happens <laughs> chapter 12 happens you go to osaka and you you storm the omi alliance headquarters and who else do you find but goro motherfucking majima and taiga i punched a bear in the woods saejima and you fucking fight them I screamed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did I. Like I was I... not expecting that. And the fact that they come in here looking great for being old men, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like what are they Jesus like upper, upper upper 50s or something? They're they're no, old. I, I think Majima's gotta be in his like his his mid-sixties at this point. I think I don't know, but point is they old, but god damn they're fierce. And like, let me just say the English voice, Matt Mercer. Holy shit! Yes, yes. <laughs> you, you filled in Majima's shoes so goddamn well, mm-hmm. and and doubly so for. And again, forgive me for not knowing the voice actors' names, but Saijima's VA for English, uh, eleven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Spot. I mean, it's what up. I expected. The low, deep, growly voice. I was like, that's. Well, you have to have Sajima B. And you also got to see a great appearance from Daigo, from uh, Date. From, okay, so from, from a character that I didn't think I'd, I'd actually fanboy over, but Masaru, to see Wata say yep. again. Yep. Con- considering the fact that, like, before I played Yakuza Like a Dragon, I stream, I just finished Yakuza 5. So I'm like, oh, it's him! He's coming back! But of course, yeah. we cannot overstate the reappearance, the actual dead man coming back, Kazuma fucking Kiryu. <laughs> if if Majima made Taiji me Suzuki himself, yes. <laughs> if if Majima made me scream, Kiryu made me cry. Cause I was, I like even even after seeing Majima. And and Saijima, I'm like, okay, you know what? That's fine. Oh my god, we we actually get to fight these legends and like, and hot damn, were they legends? And then and, you get to fight with them. And then yeah, and then you get to fight with them, and it's like, okay, this is really fucking cool. And then the scene where you know with the Omi just trying to overtake everything, and then you see Kiryu come in like, and just be such a badass bodyguard, and you think, oh, that's that is that's if that's his only appearance, I'm more than happy with it. I, and I absolutely was, because and I was convinced because at the end of Yakuza Six, he says that he's walking away from all this. He legally, he, like, he literally cannot get involved in any more shenanigans because, according to Japanese government, he's dead. He faked his death in Yakuza Six in order to just stop all this fucking trouble and to let his daughter and you know now grandson have a happy life. And he's stuck to that, yep. generally. But no, he still has one more thing to do. He literally has to pass the torch to Ichiban. Mm-hmm. And there is there is indeed a chapter called Passing the Torch, which deals exactly with that. And in the way that you would expect. Because you do fight him. And he does not pull any punches. It's, it's amazing. And, and kind of like, Jumping, jumping to like a quick tangent, the fact that they were able to keep the Yakuza combat 
like keep staples of the Yakuza combat, even during this turn-based system, mm-hmm. was super impressive. A, mm-hmm. And no fight did that better than the Kiryu fight. Exactly. Because as somebody who plays Kiryu, it's like, yeah, you know, you know what he's capable of. You know what his general moves are. You recognize is. the stances. Yeah, you recognize the, the stance changes. You're like, oh, rush stance? Oh, beast style? Like, oh. And then he hits you with the fucking tiger drop that does a tiger drop's worth of damage. It was a huge pop-off moment for sure. Mm-hmm. And also, fun little like character thing, he doesn't attack the women. <laughs> He he does not attack the women. Uh, if he counters the women, I don't think they do any damage. It is, it's a really, really interesting little trait mm-hmm. that I'm really glad that they kept to. And also, some and I, I was trying to think of this from a perspective of someone who's never played a Yakuza game before, and I think they do a fantastic job of giving the giving Kiryu the gravitas that he deserves, even though you probably it might have been your first encounter with the guy. Yeah, you you understand from just how the fight goes, from how it's designed, and everyone's to, reaction to him, and just everyone's reaction to him, both in in universe and like outside from other people reacting to the game in and of itself. Like honestly, you could look no further than the opening to that scene where Ichiban comes in full force, delivers a right hook to his forehead, and Kiryu does not flinch a bit. He's just like, yep, same shit, different day. And might I say, the just the the amount of of gratitude I have for Sega to go back 15 years and get the original English voice actor for Kiryu yeah, Darryl, to reprise, uh, yeah, yeah, to to reprise his role is nothing short of awe-inspiring of mm-hmm. just the dedication that they've had to 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 this universe you know and from what I, i've heard is they actually tried to get every original voice actor back including mark hamill for majima it just so happened that he was either he busy or doesn't treated. remember that role at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> which you know is, it's it, there's been a lot of voice acting roles. Yeah, I don't blame yeah. the it, guy. It, it's Mark. It's Mark Hamill. You know, I, I completely <laughs> understand. Uh, but um, I wish I got the I, the, probably like the one regret I didn't get the chance to ask Dan's like, what was it like? What was the decision to go back and get this act voice actor for 15 years ago? I wish I got the chance to ask him that. <laughs> um. So yeah, obviously with the we got to see our old characters. Um. As we're kind of winding down here, let's talk about our villain. Let's talk about Aoki. Yeah, Ryo Aoki, also known as Masato Arakawa. I, all, I've used this name interchangeably during my streams because... Oh, yeah, you did. You kept on yeah, switching back and forth. Just, just because, of, because the characters kept doing it. Like, it was either, it was either Kiryu... Not, it was either Ichiban calling him a young master, calling him, you know, young Arakawa, or mm-hmm. it was like Nanba or Adachi calling him Ryo, and I'm just like, you know what? He's both. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I, I want to give a huge kudos to the voice actor for, as he's given the role, like, to be able to switch, to the subtle switch from, like, Ryo Aoki, the upstanding polit- polit- politician voice, to going from to Arko, where he suddenly gets really gravely, and he's really serious, and he will kill you. 
give him a chance if you cross him. Really well done, first of all. I want to just give a huge props to that. Yeah, it was it felt like two different characters and, and like not even just in the English, English and Japanese. It felt very different. Mm-hmm. So you could, you could what, tell he was putting on a front, but are mm-hmm. your overall thoughts on Aoki? He had to be stopped, mm-hmm. but I absolutely understand where he comes from, mm-hmm. especially with his backstory. And especially that one scene where he's because he's a he's a paraplegic his legs don't work Mm -hmm. you know he has to use a special drug in order to to get his legs to work even for just a little bit and to have this constant betrayal back in like the 80s where you know the, the woman that he loved was actually involved with funnily enough that police commissioner and just uh, using him and and just using him for his clout or whatever and then to go to be heartbroken from there to be to being to have like his his wheelchair dumped to the side and then being a being accosted by uh, just a random yakuza that was giving him shit mm-hmm. and being pushed to the edge of like he had to kill him mm-hmm. to taking a life mm-hmm. and which which really cements his disdain for the Yakuza world, even though he was born into it. Yep. Uh, so as they're kind of like near the ending where Ichiban was always like constantly pouring his heart out saying, Hey, please stop this, stop this. And our Aoki just going like, shut up. I hate this about you. I honestly was thinking like, Oh, he's not going to be one of those redeeming villains. He's going to be, this is a guy who really does have no redeeming qualities. He's not going to be swayed. And I really thought that all the way near the end. He's he, you, you think that he's almost like Nishiki in a way where like he's, he's embraced who he's become. And it's like, it's too late for me. Mm -hmm. Sorry, but, but but that, yeah, but that, but that end Mm -hmm. in that ending scene with the locker and in the whole locker was just so, so emotionally gripping and just fuck Kume. Here we go. There it is. <laughs> fuck, fuck Kume. Fuck Kume fuck so hard. Me. I need to beat his fucking ass. I swear to God, if we, if there's a sequel, if we don't, if he didn't get his comeuppance in like the implied finished story of, of <laughs> in between Yakuza Like a Dragon and Like a Dragon 2, I, I will kick his ass. I will, I will deliver an orbital laser through his fucking headquarters straight onto his goddamn dome. Fuck you will straight up buy the PC version and learn how to mod it to yes. that moment. God. Kume, like, yeah, if there's anybody who's an irredeeming piece of shit, it's fucking Kume. Yes. Or as, or as I like to call him, fucking Cumstain. Holy shit. Hey, you, you, you remember that scene with, uh, outside yes, the yes, brothel? Yes, God, I love yes. that scene. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> But yeah. great performance by the voice actor for Kume, yes. by the way. Both English oh and in, in Japanese. Um, yeah, so again, Aoki, I did love... I, I, I honestly was not expecting to be as hit hard by his death as I did, because I was fully bought into the idea like, oh, he's, he's not going to be a redeeming villain. He's not going to have that moment of like, what have I done? Or, you're right. But the fact they gave us that moment right at the end and took it away so quickly 
I, I think that's what really hurt the most was like because during the beginning of that, I was like, oh yeah, no, the villain gets his comeuppance. Like he, he's just trying to cling on to stuff, whatever. Like he's he's not really feeling sorry. He I, killed. I, his, I, he gets his own dad killed. How can yeah. I ever like feel bad for this guy? Yeah, I, I was not feeling any emotion. And then like near the end, when he starts to put the gun to his head, and that's when, like, when it finally hits where he actually is remorseful. It, it, it's more of a, I don't forgive him, but I didn't want him to die. Mm. It, even if it meant just going to prison for the rest of his life, like at mm. least Ichiban would have had the peace someone. of mind that he's alive. Yeah. Or, and at that point, like Ichi, like that's his only family that was left. Yep. And, that fucker fucking comes and takes it away. But anyway. <laughs> so yeah, obviously, you know, we spend all this time talking about the plot. There's, well, we could go like a full two hours on this thing we, easily. Absolutely. But, but, we, you we know, we like, talking about like the side quests. And oh, the yeah. Side, yeah. And, and, and we might even need to do a, a second one of just like, you know, more, more recommendations to why to play this game. But I, I do have to ask, what, where do you feel this game is going? Do you do you think there's going to be a sequel? Do you, do you want there to be a sequel? Well, they Maybe. already confirmed that they want to make this a yearly series. A yearly series? They wanted to do, they they want it to be the next Assassin's Creed for Sega. Oh jeez, that that's both very exciting and alarming at the same time because I feel like I'm thinking about Assassin's Creed and how that happened. I'm I'm just them. hoping they don't crunch. That's my main worry. If if it means releasing them every year to more specifically like two years i'd be okay with mm-hmm. that give mm-hmm. let the like the yakuza games live and die by their attention to detail and their just mm-hmm. solid design mm-hmm. so where do i think the story is going well you obviously have to deal with the issue of like the, there's no more omi alliance there's no more tojo clan but there's still yakuza crime families out there so you know you can always follow that plot yeah um, it, it very much felt like like we thought that Yakuza 6 was the end of Kiryu's story, mm-hmm. but Yakuza Like a Dragon actually feels like the end because now they're actively, they have shooed away all of the old players. They're, they're no longer in organized crime. They might come back as like callbacks or, you know, like mm-hmm. summons and whatnot or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think, I feel like Ryu Gagotoku and Sega have made it very clear that this is a new. A, mm-hmm. a this is new untouched territory we're in yokohama now i can't wait to see how yokohama changes over the years mm-hmm. here's and, where i kind of want to see the series go and this is a huge like shot in the dark but and i don't know if sega would ever do it but i would love to see what happens if ichiban and company leave japan you read my fucking mind <laughs> I, I was literally like, man, what if like they, they went to like China or, or to Korea? You or, know? heaven forbid, what if they go to the U.S.? Oh my god. Oh, God help them if they come to the U.S. Uh, that'd be fun, though. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my kind of where I hope the series will go. But, you know what? I'm more than happy just to sit back and let what happens happens. Because, again, this probably solidified my love of the series in general and i will always be i'm gonna be that guy who's like okay where do you want to start from yakuza you can start from zero 
or you can start from set uh, like a dragon. Those are your two best choices. Yeah. Like for me, it's it's zero Kiwami one. If you really just want Kiryu's base story, I guess it still mm-hmm. counts because it is ten mm-hmm. one. Uh, mm-hmm. Or or like a dragon, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I will say, uh, mechanics wise, there are some improvements to be made in the battle system. Oh yes, um, there could have been more strategy. Like the there, whole there idea could... of using AOEs, like but you can't exactly pick the area, the actual area it's affected. That kind of kind of yeah. annoying. Being able to move and position yourself that would have been nice. Yeah, and you but, know some abilities were more broken than others. Cough, oh, yeah. cough, pepper mill blow. Cough, but, cough. Uh, anything done by Jungi as in the yeah. Hitman. Mm-hmm. Like, like, there's, there's, there's definitely room for improvement. But for a for the first foray into the JRPG franchise, it is a very solid base. And if all it takes is just tweaking and improvements to the job system and the skill system, I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. And that'll wrap up our spoiler cast of Yakuza Like a Dragon. We went on longer than we thought we would, but we ha- we obviously had a lot of things to say about our favorite game of 2020. Mm-hmm. So thank you for listening. Uh, walk, you know, thank you also for joining us for this whole like as we really ramp up. Uh, season four of the podcast. Um, so let's go ahead and do our plug. So Antonio, where can people find you? You can find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash AKL Trifecta. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, also AKL Trifecta. And there is a YouTube that I just recently started up for like my drum covers and whatnot. But that link is both on my face, uh, my Facebook and all my other social medias that are out there. And you can find myself on Twitter at uh, at Perpetual Player and on Twitch at the Perpetual Player One. You can also follow all our official network stuff. So please follow us on Twitter for at NGP Productions. You can also find it on Facebook and Instagram, same name. And we also just launched our Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash NGP Productions, you can find all the different ways you can support us. There's like a bunch of different tiers and any and all contributions you guys are feel like generous to do. We will greatly appreciate it. Um, but if you really just want to help us like kind of make something out of this whole network thing, anything that you guys can give, we would just it'd be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. And there's some benefits too. And also, uh, also at the link of the Twitter, you can also find um, our link to our official new discord. We have a discord here, guys, and there's Patreon benefits to the discord also. So you can read all about it there. And while you're at that link, please check out all our different other podcasts. Please check out Not Your Typical Weebs, uh, Directing to K-Pop Abyss, and Will Branch High. They do great work there also. And yeah, um, that's it for us, guys. So as always, stay safe, stay indoors. I know it's 2021, but continue to wear your masks. I'll be saying that for a while. I think it's it's now. <laughs> Just because it's 2021 doesn't mean the plague is gone. So yeah, keep on wearing your mask. Keep on staying indoors. <laughs> you say keep on keep on doing amazing things because we're we're what we're two months we're two months away from like being in quarantine for a year yeah hot damn and we'll see you on the next episode of new game plus bye everybody see ya